Okay. So, so Jesus is is talking to uh, his followers here, and yet they didn't realize, you know, that he was just hours from being taken in by the authorities, and in just a, a day later, he would be hung on an old cruel cross. So he had a lot to say, and as we've talked about before, chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17 was all, all um, uh, in this time period. He had a lot to say, and he had a lot to tell them. And so he says, um, uh, we need to talk, so to speak. And he says, there's a lot in it. You can just imagine, you know, without looking at our modern things we have today. And uh, I mean, they didn't even have a legal pad and a number two pencil. Um, uh, it, it, they just, they were just, he was just talking to them and, and hoping the Lord would, would intercede. And he did, and he knew that. Uh, and we're gonna talk about the third part of the Trinity. Now, like Art told you last week, um, I can't explain the Trinity. I don't know many people that can. And like he said, he says, they're probably wrong, the ones who think they, they can. But we have a God who is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Uh, he's, he's, he's just totally God. And it's mind-boggling, you know. Uh, I was talking to our other son, Andy, when we were at Christmas, and he said, Daddy, um, uh, where did he come from? You, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he just, he's just God, you know. And the Greeks have taught us to push to conclusions. We've talked about this before. Um, but Jews didn't have any problem with running parallel thoughts. They just didn't have any problem with God being sovereign and man having a free moral choice. But the Greeks wanted to push us to a conclusion, and that's the influence we all today, I call it putting it in a box. You know, we want to put things in a box and wrap a ribbon around it and says, this is it. Well, you really can't do that. We do know, according to Galatians, that, that God, um, uh, Paul wrote, that in the fullness of time, he sent his son. And we know, looking at scripture, that up until the New Testament, the primary source was God the Father. God spoke to them. God delivered. God answered their prayer. So God the Father up into the New Testament. And then Jesus came on the scene. And as Paul says, in the fullness of time, he sent forth his son. Um, and so we have him. But Jesus was, was tied to time and place. He was 100% God. But he was 100% man. He could just be in one place at one time as man. And he says, I'm going to go because I have to, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm going to leave, not leave you as orphans, as he says, but I'm going to leave somebody to walk alongside and to be with you, the Holy Spirit. Uh, so let's pick up in, in chapter 14. Let's pick up with verse uh, 15, and we'll go through the end of the chapter. Um, 
while we're at a little stopping place, hold your finger uh, in John 14 and turn right quick to 1 John um, chapter 2. Now, John the Beloved wrote the gospel and, and about 60 years later, give or take, he wrote, he wrote the epistles, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and, and Revelation. So in 1st John chapter 2, um, <clears throat> beginning in verse 1, my little children, and this is a greeting that he, Paul did, I mean, excuse me, John did all the time. Like I say, he was an old man at this point. Uh, and this was about 90 A.D. And when he, when he wrote the, the Gospel of John, it was about 30 A.D. So uh, give a, a 33 to be exact. But anyway, um, this is what we have. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation. That, is, that big word means atoning sacrifice. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. By this we know we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. So John told us, um, I'm back in John 14 now. John told us that, that um, I want you to keep my commandments. So in verse 15 of John 14, he said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. Realizing now we're in the upper room and, and Jesus is teaching these guys, and he says, helper. Um, I, I searched all the, the English um, all the English versions of, of the Bible that I could find. And we come out with this word, helper, that is translated in the New American Standard here that I have. It's translated comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthen, strength, strengthener. Um, does any of you have anything different than that? I, I did find, if you were here Wednesday night, um, we sang a song. I forgot what the song was, but it had a word paraclete in it. And um, somebody said, what was that? You know, that was a new word to some of our younger people. Well, I, have, I do have one translation that that translated it paraclete. He says, uh, we'll give you another paraclete that he may abide with you forever. And that simply means one who walks alongside. Uh, Jim can uh, appreciate this and some of you too, but uh, when I was in the hospital those 12 days, 
the biggest thing I miss was an advocate. <laughs> Somebody that could plead my case because you were in there all by yourself and and you weren't getting a lot of answers. Is that right, Jim? Yes, and and you and 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 you needed somebody to help. As I was studying this lesson this week, I keep coming back again and again. Uh, I'm very grateful for Velta because in the true sense of the word, she walks alongside of me every day and has, takes care of me. And I'm very grateful for, for, for her care and watch care. So in verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Now, the spirit hadn't been given yet. A few more, just a, a few more days, you know, after um, after his death and ascension, uh, he sent the Holy Spirit, we know in Acts 2. Um, but he's telling what's going to happen here. He said, I'm going to send it to you. And he says, the world, and we know that's everybody else outside of Christ, the world cannot receive him because they do not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Uh, I was, this probably is a kind of a corny illustration, but Art and I are both ham, ham radio operators and maybe some of you are too. And it's absolutely amazing to me that if you got your antenna up and your receiver tuned correctly, it's amazing what's out there. <laughs> what's out there in the atmosphere and who you can talk to when you can talk to them. But, but they have to, you have to have the right equipment. And Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the equipment that you can hear me and see me and abide with me and that the spirit of truth is coming. And the more I've been thinking about the Holy Spirit this week, it's amazing to me the resource we have that we don't use. God himself in the third part of the Trinity is abiding in every believer. When you say yes to Jesus and ask him to come in your heart, he's there. What's the key? The key is the same thing it's always been. What did, what did Samuel tell Saul? He says, it's not the sacrifice we want, it's your obedience. It's your obedience. The closer we are in obedient to the Lord Jesus, the closer he will teach us and lead us 
and guide us, walks alongside uh, an advocate, uh, a counselor, a friend, you know. Um, when you're by yourself and you're fearful, for somebody to come put their arm around you and say, Bill, it's going to be okay, that means the world. You and, and we have that in the Holy Spirit. This is new ground. I mean, nobody else, the Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke didn't bring it up. John's bringing up what happened in the upper room when Jesus and just the 11 were there. And he says, I'm going to send you a helper. And, and it's the spirit of all truth. Okay, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I will live in you also. I can't explain it, but we, we know he does. We've talked before about meeting somebody who we've never met before, who is a believer. And immediately, the spirits, our spirit and their spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, bears witness. You can trust him. You can trust them. You might not like all the things they do, but they know the Lord. And we have this spirit of of compatibility there the world doesn't understand it when we when we go sometimes and especially in this world which we live in today and we see people who are just acting crazy and stupid and all these kind of things all you need to put is is they're lost they're lost they don't understand what Jesus has done in our heart in their lives they're just lost now I think even their lostness has gone crazy myself but anyway <laughs> some of the things that we hear today you know it's just it's just crazy um, okay let's get back to scripture um, verse 19 after a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live uh, and you will live also. Verse 20, in that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Go back to chapter 13, verse 34, the new commandment I give to you. And then he says, in verse 21, he who has my commandment and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him that you're... So we have this, we have this family, you know, we sing a song from sometimes, you know, we're members of the family of God. 
and we are, you know. Christ, uh, Joel and 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 Tim were not were not blood relatives, but they were they were brothers in the Lord. They they their spirits bear witness with each other that they that they know Him. So, my commandment, keep my commandments, and keeps them is the one who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Uh, hold your finger there and turn to Matthew 10. <clears throat> Matthew 10. Uh, look at verse, verse two. Uh, we'll Matthew lists the disciples here. Then the names of the twelve apostles were these: first Simon, who is called Peter; Andrew, his brother; James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother; Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector; James, the son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. All right, hold your finger there and we'll go back to John 14. Look at chapter, verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot. Most scholars say this is Thaddeus. This is Thaddeus that's mentioned in Matthew, that this, this Judas not as carried is Thaddeus. Okay. Now, Art has taught, told you that Jesus is dealing with some questions that the disciples gave him. Uh, um, Thomas, Lord, we know, uh, we do not know the way where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus told him the one of these pitiful verses in Scripture I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And then Philip, in verse 8 of chapter 13, 14, um, he says, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. And, he, and from that point to where we are now, he's answering Philip's question, uh, that, that the Father and I are one, and I'm sending you the helper. I won't leave you as orphans and we are one and and so you will know the father now in verse 22 Thaddeus is bringing up another question he said Lord what then has happened that you're going to that you are going excuse me Lord what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world I don't know why Thaddeus wanted him to to show himself to the world. Uh, you're going to show him to us, but you're not going to show him to the world. And then we have here in verses 22 and 23 some very, um, very um, uh, straightforward words. If anyone loves me, verse 23... He will keep my word, and my Father will love him, 
and we will come to him and make our abode with him. If you are obedient to follow the Lord, to do what he's asked you to do, he will reveal himself to you and help you. Verse 24, he who does not love me, if you do not abide in him, if you do not, if you do not obey him, does, does not keep my words, the Father which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Now, we went through this. Uh, turn back to chapter 12. Um, and Jesus went through, through this a lot. Uh, in verse 48, he says, He who rejects me does not receive my saying, has one who judge him. Uh, the word I spoke is what will judge him in the last day. Verse 47, Jesus said he didn't come to judge anybody, but his words would judge us on the last day. And this is what he's saying here in verse 23 of chapter 14. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him and will come to him. Um, one of the commentaries that I'm reading says, Jesus answered that the Father will not manifest himself to those who are disobedient to his teaching. Obedience grows out of love um, for Jesus and his word. To rebel against Jesus' word is to rebel against the Father who sent him. Jesus' words were not his own, as we looked at in chapter in chapter two, twelve, um, that he spoke every word that the Father had sent him. So, in answer to to Thaddeus' question, he says, "I'm going to give. I'm not going to give it <laughs> to the world because they couldn't take it. They don't understand." They're lost. That's simple. You know, their spirit doesn't bear witness with what I'm trying to do. So when you're out in community and you run up against these folks that mean well, but they're lost. And they come up with some crazy things and they don't understand you, what, what you do, why you do it, because they're lost. It's just that simple. Um, you listen to TV or, or read your iPad or, or, or your phone, the people are just lost. They don't know him. They don't know him. Right, let's continue looking at verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I've said to you. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit 
and he's going to teach you and bring all things to your memory. I can just see after Pentecost came and the Spirit was on, on these folks, anointing them with fire, as uh, Joel said it was going to happen. Oh, that's what he meant. Oh, that's what he was trying to tell us. Oh, he'd bring it to their remembering. And so much so that these 12 plus Thaddeus, I mean, plus uh, Matthias later, turned the world upside down, and we're grateful that he did. I've said it before, but I've been told that that Library of Congress, biggest collection of any book in the world, they're more written about Jesus than any other subject. Oh, that's what he meant. But the Helper, verse 26, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Peace. <laughs> Go back to the 60s, peace was written on the back of every pickup truck. <laughs> you know, and, and even now, you know, peace out. Part of, the, part of the thing. Jesus is telling them here, he says, I'm going to leave you with true, true peace. I'm not going to leave you with the peace that the world has. They just don't know. They just don't know. Peace. To have peace with God is fantastic. <laughs> to come to a place where you're trusting and you have peace with what God is going to do and has done for you, that's a great place to be. And he says, I'm going to give you that peace. And he says, don't let your heart be troubled nor let it be fearful. When we tie it all down, the devil's biggest trump card is fear. And he says, you remember what you did. <laughs> Those two things, he, the devil would come back. Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. And he says, I'm going to take away the fear. He says, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Verse 28, you've heard that I said to you, I go away, and I will come to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens. So when it happens, you may believe. 
the idea of Jesus leaving them was tough to take. And why? And Jesus says, I got to go because I can't do what the Holy Spirit can do because I'm just one-on-one. But the Holy Spirit knows everything and he can deal with everyone individual. Now, if you think that's far-fetched, how many of you have said, Google, take me to Winston-Salem and she'll map out a place to go to Winston-Salem. But how many other people at that minute are saying, Google, take me so-and-so, Siri, take me so-and-so, Garmin, take me so-and-so? How many? It's amazing. It's amazing. If the, we have the technology today to do that, is it unreal that the God of heaven can't do the same thing? That he can lead us and guide us and teach us and comfort us and come alongside us as we go through life. We, we, we need to, and I'm talking to Bill, you know, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and help us before we go to the ibuprofen bottle. Mm. We'll pause for station identification. But, verse 29. Now if I told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. <laughs> it's kind of like the, the guy that's watching a replay of a football game, and you've already seen it, and you know what's going to happen. So when it does happen, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. Jesus said, I've told you, and in time, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen like I said. Okay. Verse 30. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. And he has nothing in me, but so that the world may know that I love the Father, and I do exactly as the Father commands me. Well, uh, it's just amazing the work and the act of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see in chapter 15, 16, and 17 more of what the Lord has, has for us in that. Let me read you a little, uh, just a few statements from Swindoll. Um <laughs> Uh, he says, when self becomes the focus of life, one becomes conceited and inevitably discouraged. When the world resolves around self, we interpret all of life 
in terms of how we view ourselves. You know, we've often said, you know, <laughs> go volunteer, go, go do something, get out of yourself, you know. And you wallow in self-pity and he says it's ev- inevitably discouraging. The quickest way to become overwhelmed by fear or hopelessness is to focus on circumstances. When your computer hard drive fails, you know, you know, it's going to be okay. People frequently substitute the acquisition and maintenance of things for what really satisfies. Whereas relationships with people, close, intimate bonds in which one is known and knows another, are frightening to some, they find relationship with things much easier to manage. Things, you know, what the old thing, you know, when we come to the end of our road, we we won't say, I wish I'd have stayed at the office more and worked. I wish I'd have mended that relationship with that far off son. We need people. God made us for relationships with others as well as himself. Jesus calls for us to focus on the triune God who is sovereign over self, circumstances, possession, and people. When these other four influences are subordinate to him, everything finds the right balance. We need to be obedient to the Lord and draw closer to him and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in everything we do. Okay. Uh, Arl will pick up next week in chapter 15 and very familiar passage of scripture and we'll we'll go from there. Any questions? Comments? Okay. Oh. Arise and let us go from here. <laughs> uh, most, Art mentioned it last week, most people think that 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 the rest of the the 15, 16, 17 was uh, was done at the supper uh, or in that place. But as Jim said, let's arise and go from here. So <laughs> let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask that you be with us in the further service. We ask that you be with everything and that said, prayed, preached, uh, sung. Just, just bless us, Lord, and be with us. And may we put the world aside and draw closer to you and and the resource we have with the God of the universe that lives within us. I ask the Holy Spirit to help us and lead us and guide us. And we'll be careful to praise you. We thank you for these people who are here that love one another and 
and uh, and love this church and and most of all love you and we thank you so bless us as we leave and we'll give you the praise in jesus name amen